Hey, it's the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, we talk about past, present, and future wrestlers and promotions. So yeah, I'm so glad that you've joined us. As for myself, I've been watching wrestling off and on for over 25 years, and I find much enjoyment into it. I have a whole lot of knowledge, and uh, you know, I kind of... I kind of see where some things can be changed and some things are great, right? But anyways, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And be sure to click subscribe or follow no matter where you're listening to us from. We're on all platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Comcast, uh, Amazon Music, and it goes on and on. So check us out here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy the show. Thank you. and welcome to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm your host the kentucky guy how is everybody doing this lovely monday morning i hope you guys are doing just just fine so happy to be here so much going on in the wrestling pro wrestling world uh it's kind of crazy uh kind of fun kind of exciting but many many things happening uh once again you're listening to against the mat wrestling podcast with your host the kentucky guy uh we do drop episodes here every monday and friday uh you if you notice uh my co-host uh my uh prior co-host uh christian reeve uh is not on the episode today christian has decided that he just does not have the time uh, to put into the podcast. And uh, I understand that. I kind of knew that going in. Uh, this guy, he is uh, he's amazing, but he is so swamped. He's got so much going on, and uh, I can see. So maybe we'll have him back as an invited guest from time to time. But as of right now, uh, no co-host on Mondays uh, at this time, but I do have some exciting guests lined up for this show as well as on friday so uh stay tuned for that but now let's get into the pro wrestling news pro wrestling entertainment news is all about against the mat okay wwe hall of famer booker t actually returned to the ring uh on an open and it is open is now open to a match versus AEW's FTR. According to the Wrestling Inc., Olivia Quillan, Booker took part, oh yeah, i seen this, Booker took part in a 10-man tag team match this Saturday that just passed. He was teaming with Mysterious Q, Brian Keith, Blake Cortez, and Gaspar Hernandez. And they faced uh, Stephen Wolf, Gino Medina, Will Alloy, Ryan Davidson, and Edge Stones. Wrestling fans will get the opportunity to watch Booker's return match in the near future. It will soon be available online. It already is online, folks. And I'm telling you what, uh, 
after knocking off some potential ring rust, the 57-year-old, 57-year-old, wow, Booker T reiterated his stance on Twitter that he is open to a tag match against FTR. Now, I will tell you something. Booker T don't look 57 years old, folks. If you get a chance to watch that video, I mean, holy cow. Uh, This dude is chiseled out still. I mean, wow. I mean, I don't, most guys don't look like him in their 50s, let alone almost 60 years old. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Let's continue. In March, Booker, Booker T, called out FTR member Dax Hardwood on his Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, check it out. It's on, it's just like us, wherever podcasts are available. That's Booker T's Hall of Fame podcast. It's very interesting, by the way. He has some, uh, he has some good guests on there. Um, Anyways, he called out uh, Dax Hardwood uh, on his uh, podcast and laid down a challenge for a tag match pitting FTR against himself and his brother, Stevie Ray, who wrestled as the tag team Harlem Heat uh, for many, many years in WCW. Yeah, they were, uh, at one time, they were one of my favorite tag teams. Uh, They were really good. Really good. Harwood and Cash Wheeler are among the most successful and decorated tag teams in wrestling. They've held the NXT, Raw, and SmackDown Tag Team Championships during their time with WWE. Uh, Our former AEW World Tag Team Champions. And they currently hold the Ring of Honor, IWGP, and the AAA Tag Titles. Yes, they have three titles right now uh, as tag teams. They're they're, they're very good. They're old school. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to watch FTR and you like the old school tag team wrestling, uh, like the Four Horsemen, uh, Harlem Heat, by the way, uh, uh, Rock and Roll Express. Uh, these guys are very, very good at that. Uh, Booker is a two-time WWE Hall of Famer, thanks to the Harlem Heat getting inducted as a team in 2019. Uh, they were more deserving given that they won the tag team titles 10 times in WCW. After that, Booker T went on his own. Enormous success. Enormous success. Winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship five times, five times, five times. Oh, yeah. And the WWE World Heavyweight Championship one time. Booker has largely focused on being a commentator and an analyst for WWE since last having a match for the promotion in 2012. But he has wrestled from time to time for reality of wrestling since then. Booker founded Pro Wrestling Alliance in Houston in 2005 and rebranded it Reality of Wrestling in 2012. Since it was founded, Booker has helped train several notable wrestlers, including the Usos, Athena. You guys know who Athena is? Uh, uh, Amber Moon? Yeah. And Roxanne Perez. On Saturday, Booker T took a hands-on approach by stepping inside the ring himself. And it seems as though he is open to doing it again, especially as if FTR is game. Woohoo! That will be something else. Um, I will stay on top of that for you all. 
and uh, find out what happens because that will be Harlem Heat versus FTR. And if his brother Stevie Ray is in any shape like Booker is and moving around like Booker is, uh, FTR might be in trouble. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. All right, so let's uh, skip on down the road to the AEW. Uh, AEW and New Japan Wrestling Crossover event may be in the past now, but the forbidden door is still wide open. Kanosuke Takahashiata, I guess, took on Eddie, took on Eddie Kingston, uh, took on Eddie Kingston at Rampage. We also saw some of the Ring of Honor action as Jonathan Grissom teamed up with Lee Moret, Marty to take on the Gates of Agony. Orange Cassidy battled Tony Nice, and Serene Deeb and Mercedes Martinez were in action again as a tag team. Kingston and Takahashi were, <laughs> I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, were in the ring and ready to fight as soon as the show started. <laughs> While Kingston, uh, sorry, I have to laugh at myself. While Kingston is known for being a brawler, he was willing to engage the New Japan star. In, gra- in a grappling match at first. Even though there was no clear heel in this bout, Kingston and Takanashi uh, both did a few things that were less than honorable, so it provided fun, competitive feel for the match. There was no clear leader when it came to who was controlling the pace. It felt like both men had control for an equal amount of time. The outcome was never in question, but they made it feel less certain. Uh, this was a fun opener that ended up being slightly more physical than expected in the final few minutes. After trading several strikes, Kingston nailed Takanishi with a spinning back fist uh, for the win. Uh, Kingston uh, might not focus on the technical stuff uh, too much, but he isn't bad when he does focus on it. He knows what he's doing out there. Kingston did a good job selling his taped-up ribs. Uh, it might have gotten to the point that Kingston is the most over-talent in AEW. The crowd absolutely loves him. The exchange of strikes they had towards the end was pretty awesome. So, yeah, so that was a, a good match. It wasn't a great match, but it was a, it was a very good match. Uh, you know, probably not an A or an A+, plus, probably a B. You know, uh, it, it was a decent match. The next match was Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nice, uh, and this was uh, this was actually going to actually it wasn't the next match, but it was the main event of the evening. Sorry, uh, Cassidy took on Nice. Mark Sterling, Mark Sterling said Cassidy would sign his petition to remove uh, Danhausen from the roster if he loses, but Danhausen was there to be in Cassidy's <laughs> to be Cassidy's lawyer. At ringside, as expected, the first couple minutes saw Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, do all of his comedian stuff. He put his hands in his pockets, dodged attacks, played with his opponents. The premier athlete, the premier athlete. <laughs> sorry about that. I keep having uh, this crazy computer. The, the premier athlete fell for his tricks a few times. But he was able to use his speed and power to take over at different points in the match. Sterling made sure to get some shots in behind the ref's back, but Downhousey, uh, 
uh, chased him off. The match had a good pace and allowed both men to show off their individual skills. Cassidy's matches have become more and more physical, so he is starting to find his groove and get more wins. And that is what happened here when Cassidy hit the orange punch, orange punch for the pin. Winner, of course, Orange Cassidy. Now, Orange Cassidy, a couple things to note from that match, right, that I, that I jotted down. Uh, he won. It was Like I said, it was a decent match. It was about like the first match, even though it was the main event. I mean, it, you know, I'd probably rate it about the same as I did the Eddie Kingston match. Um, I, a couple things to note, though. I did notice that Cassidy has a different entrance, entrance theme now. Uh, it, it's still pretty good. I like the older one better, but it's still okay. And also, um, I th- in my opinion, AEW is using Danhausen perfectly. Per- I mean, they're, they're doing such a bang-up job with this guy. He's a comedian, you know? I mean, he's not a, he's not a world champion wrestler or anything like that, but he brings, he brings some fun to the show. Uh, a, you know, he's not on every show, so you never have enough time to really let him, like, get on your nerves or find him annoy- uh, annoying, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but if they keep using him the way they are, he's going to have a fantastic career in AEW. Uh, he, he's really, I mean, they're really using him right. I, I do feel, though, that Tony Nese is a beast. He is. And I really think he needs a title around his waist. Now, I know every, people say that not every great wrestler has to have a title. And, yeah, I agree to that to an extent. But when you have a beast and somebody hungry... Uh, who just you keep using to put over other people, I mean, you're going to lose that guy. I mean, he is very, very... Uh, he, he, in that match, he hit a uh, Mikinoko driver, uh, <laughs> and uh, it looked so cool, especially where uh, Orange Cassidy is smaller. I mean, it just it looked like he killed him. I mean, it looked like he busted him flat open. <laughs> So I don't know. Um, I, I I I just I, I think it's time. I, I do, uh, and we'll get back to a little bit more of AEW in here in just a moment, in a new segment that I just started. All right, so let's switch on over to uh, Friday on WWE. Um, the Friday the Bloodline is flatlining, in my opinion. Uh, Friday night was dominated by the story about Vince McMahon that was published in the Wall Street Journal. So a lot of people went into this week's SmackDown with mixed emotions. Some fans are going to boycott WWE until the investigation is over, but others likely tuned in out of morbid curiosity to see if McMahon would dare to make another public appearance. The night ended ended up going on as usual. There was no appearance from McMahon, but there was something that happened with Mace that might have people talking. The Bloodline made an appearance and a tag team division was highlighted in a couple of matches. Reigns, the Usos, Paul Heyman appeared in the opening segment of this week's SmackDown to address Roman Reigns' upcoming match against Brock Lesnar. And I tell you something funny that happened. When they were out in the ring, right, you have you have this Austin Theory guy, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, uh, who's going to be Roman's opponent at SummerSlam, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. But you have um, 
you have theory coming out there with the briefcase for dancing around the ring and in leaves i mean it's so weird it's so weird uh nothing comes of it, uh, it it's just weird uh, I, I i don't understand that part uh at all while we saw the usual the usual confident tribal chief his advocate <laughs> which was pretty cool uh paul looked worried uh his advocate did not seem so sure of himself. Heyman spoke at length about his experiences watching the beast overcome the odds. Yes, yes, yes. Roman needs to drop that title. Everyone involved in the bloodline is great for their own reasons, but the group is running on fumes right now. In WWE, in my opinion, they need to do something and do something quickly. The Usos being the undisputed tag team champions feel unnecessary at this point. Don't get me don't don't get me wrong. They're doing a great job. They're they're coming on both shows, but the tag team division has suffered a bit during their reign, in my opinion. When it comes to the leader of the group, Reigns only appears occasionally uh, on usually just one show, which means we can go weeks without seeing the world title on television, which is bad for any company. That's bad. And now everything is starting to feel repetitive. The Usos have fought just about everybody they can multiple times. And Reign versus Lesnar is a program we've already seen many, many, many times over the years. We need something new. And so does WWE as a whole. Roman, in my opinion, has always been a horrible champion. I never liked him. I thought he was pushed and push down our throats, and I, I just don't like him. He's better as a heel, I'll agree with that, but it's really time for someone else to have one of those belts, if not both. And the rest of the tag team division, I th in my opinion, has uh, looks great. While the Usos might be the dominating tag team right now, uh, WWE has made it clearly uh, more of an effort uh, in recent weeks to give other teams a bit more of screen time not only not only did we see uh, the new day in the Viking Raiders this week again but Los Lourdes, uh had a chance to face the tag team champs in a non-title match uh, Alpha Academy and the Street Profits and a couple other duos it becomes clear that WWE has a great tag team division but it continues to use it in a confusing way I, I, I just don't um, I just don't get that. Uh, I, I just, you know, I mean, I understand the bloodline thing and uh, how much they wanted to push that, but, it, you know, you have teams like the Raiders and Los Luceros uh, who can bring some freshness to the tag team scene, uh, but it's taken WWE too long uh, to use either team in any kind of mean meaningful way. Uh, WWE has all the tools to have every division thrive. So the fact that things seem to have hit a low point recently is much more frustrating for us fans and probably the talent too, I would say. It's just uh, they, they have, they've got them. They just don't seem to know how to use them. And, and I don't know. And, it, and WWE has been that way for years. They, they, they take their time, right? <laughs> so here is my uh, so here is here is something that I love 
but I shouldn't. You know what I mean? I, I shouldn't like it at all, being me, but I don't know. Uh, maximum million, maximum male models uh, might make millions. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I have to talk about this because this is one of those things that I like. But uh, I don't know. Max Dupree and his male models, Mace and Mansoor, had a special fashion show this week that went on way longer <laughs> than it needed to. But it was also funny. The whole gimmick is dumb. It, sh- it shouldn't work, and it might not end up. Uh, it might not end up working. But something about this is so entertaining to me, and some other people too. I've heard other comments. The former LA Knight uh, has always been a great talker, so it shouldn't uh, be any surprise that he's making some of these terrible lines. Uh, he has to say work on some level. However. The most memorable part of the segment for some fans may have nothing to do with what Dupree was saying. And th- this was kind of this was kind of sad. I mean, it's funny to me, but it was kind of like you know, if you're going to if you're going to run a PG program, keep a PG, right? Uh Mason Monsoor were in uh uh tennis gear for their runway walks. So they were walking uh <laughs> and they were wearing these shorts that left little to the imagination. Let's just say that Mace was born with good genetics. <laughs> Shoot. They, they really, um, I don't know. It's so, it's so stupid, but it's entertaining. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this gimmick is not going to get anyone to a world title, but like the fashion police, you guys remember them with Rene, uh, Rene Dupree and, uh, and uh, the other guy? man what was his name it was the dancer and uh, uh yeah the fashion police uh there is a potential for at least for at least this to be uh in an entertaining group uh at some point just not quite there just yet but i can see it right so yeah so all right so let's move on to a new segment of this show and we will do this segment uh Every time that uh, I am hosting the show alone and not having a guest, uh, when I have a guest, you guys know I like to turn it over to them and and talk back and forth and so forth. Uh, But, yeah, this segment uh, of the episode is called News and Around and Rumors. I'm sorry, News and Rumors Around the Water Cooler. Oh, yeah. So this can be facts. This can be rumors. This can be news. It can be it all. WWE has announced that Bobby Lashley will hold a, a United States Championship Open Challenge tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. That's tonight, by the way. That's tonight. I do research and write things up kind of early. So tonight on Raw, Bobby Lashley will have a Open Challenge for his United States Championship. Lashley is currently scheduled to defend his title against Theory at SummerSlam. So, in theory, no pun intended, he could lose the belt before the pay-per-view. Yeah, not going to happen. In addition to the U.S. Open title challenge, WWE announced on Friday that Brock Lesnar will be returning to Raw this Monday, which is today. Lesnar is scheduled to challenge the undisputed 
WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns at SummerSlam at SummerSlam in a last man standing match. WWE is billing this as the last ever Reigns versus Lesnar match, and God, I hope so. I really we've seen enough. Let's let Lesnar retire Roman and and let's move on. Uh, the only other match right now that's been announced so far is we have a match between uh, on Raw between uh, Matt Riddle and Theory. Um, that should be a pretty good match, actually. Those are two of the future stars of this company, in my opinion. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, WWE return update on Kevin Williams. Yeah. So, Kevin Williams, one of one of my favorites. He's a, he's a really good. Uh, he doesn't get pushed enough, but uh, he will. Uh, so, there was a clip of Kevin Williams. <laughs> yeah, I seen this. There was a clip on Twitter of Kevin Williams uh, surprising Vancouver. Uh, Canucks head coach Bruce Bondere on the NHL Network this week. Uh, this clip also made news in wrestling circles because Owens indicated that he was ready to return as soon as WWE is ready for him. It's in their hands right now, Owens says. Owens has been out of action with a minor injury, but it sounds as if he could be back in the ring by the end of this month if not sooner. During his, his appearance on Sunday night's main event podcast radio, Dave Meltzer said that he believes that Owens will be back soon. Meltzer said, I know that he's fine. My impression is he'll be back in a few more weeks. Meltzer uh, said, also said that his belief is this was just a minor injury, uh, nothing COVID-related, uh, before he went down with the injury. Owens, Owens, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of a runoff sentence there. Uh, this was just a minor injury and not COVID-19 related. Before COVID, before <laughs> Kevin Owens was injured, uh, he was feuding with Ezekiel, but that feud seems to be ended from what I've seen, so maybe we'll see a new storyline uh, after that. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. All right, backstage news on Vince McMahon's reaction to the Wall Street Journal story. All right, so Dave Meltzer, uh, and if you guys haven't followed up on Dave Meltzer or read any of his stuff, he, he puts a lot of good stuff out there, and uh, I've been reading a lot of his stuff lately. Some of it I'll include in the podcast, and then some of it I was like, eh, I'm not going to touch that. Uh, so we research from many different uh, places. And then I try to put it all together and bring it to you. Uh, anyways, Dave Meltzer reported today uh, that things were business as usual at WWE Friday Night SmackDown. And McMahon was running creative. One person reportedly said that McMahon was no-selling everything and that he was letting everyone know he's not blinking. McMahon also reportedly said something to the effect of, Have fun, guys. Have a great show after the production meeting. Uh, opinions vary depending on the person backstage you speak with, but as, Mel as Meltzer pointed out, nobody can imagine Vince not being there. It was also noted that most people, even people more powerful than Vince, would not have survived 
these allegations. Meanwhile, uh, WWE ratings are solid, and their house show in Sacramento drew over 75,000 fans, according to WrestleTick. By the way, Stone Cold Steve Austin was at that show as well. He was in the back, but he was still at the show, the live show. Um, that would be the second largest crowd for a house show this year. McMahon owns the majority of the stock, and the stockholders don't have the power to force him out. Furthermore, if the stockholders feel the company would tank without Vince McMahon, that strengthens his position on refusing to step down. Now, a lot of people have commented uh, on this scandal, uh, and uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't jot down as you would say, everybody's comments, because there's so many out there, former wrestlers and stuff. But there is one guy, uh, besides Dave Meltzer, that I do like his opinion. He's one of the GOATs that are still wrestling on AEW, and that's AEW's uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, He did make some comments. Uh, Chris appeared on the True True Girardi podcast to talk about his career. The topics included Brock Lesnar, his inspirations, future plans, WWE, AEW, and more. Jericho was also asked to give his thoughts on the Wall Street Journal reporting on Vince McMahon paying out millions to women who worked for him at WWE. Note, this podcast appears to have been recorded before the latest Wall Street Journal story that alleges McMahon paid out $12 million to multiple women. I don't think it made a difference, but... I wanted to put that disclaimer in there uh, for you fact-checkers out there. <laughs> uh, Jericho was asked if he if he's surprised that Vince McMahon allegedly paid out millions of dollars to women. He said, quote, not really. I mean, it is a surprise in an industry when it happens. And really, you know, when you look at it, it's really not le- illegal. He had an affair, paid the lady off to not say anything and moved on so it's almost like okay and people want to jump on it but there's still always an an undertone of it's wrestling it's just wrestling if you look if you look that story came out with a bang and then you really haven't heard anything about it since if this was hollywood with harvey weinstein and that sort of thing and that sort of thing but the difference between that was he was holding women back from getting gigs. Harvey Weinstein, he would say, you either bang me, whoa, I didn't realize I wrote that, uh, or don't get a starring role. In Vince's thing, there was a mutual acknowledgement of this affair, and then he paid the lady to say nothing, and she took the money. So, you know, I really know Vince well, and it stinks what happened. It stinks that he did it, but anything really going? But is anything really going to come from it? I don't really think so. Unquote. Jericho continues. I think that it'll come and go, and once again, it is. Is it morally right? Absolutely not. Is it illegal? No. It is something that is going to get him in real trouble. I don't think so. Because once again, unfortunately, people will say, oh, 
It's just Vince McMahon. Oh, it's just wrestling. Of course he's going to do that. So, you know, these things come and go, and they happen. And that's, and it, and it's too bad, but I really think it doesn't really matter in the long run. You know, six months from now, I'll either be right or I'll be wrong. Jericho on, on who Vince McMahon is in real life, quote, Vince is just a laid, laid at heart, a lad at heart. <laughs> a lad at heart. He's just a dude. And he is very intimidating, and he's a billionaire. And he's, you know, the creator of this massive icon company. But deep down, he's just a dude that likes to hang out, likes to joke, and likes to drink. He's surrounded by yes-men, as most guys in the position are. He doesn't want yes-men. And I had a really good relationship with him. I don't have much of a relationship with him now because, obviously, I don't work for him. So there's a little bit of a career issue. But if I text him right now, he texts me back in five minutes. Always. I loved working for Vince McMahon. I loved when Vince would challenge uh, challenge me and push me. And I also laugh when people say, oh, Vince has lost it. Oh, he, oh, look at Vince. He is a terrible booker and all of this stuff. Maybe it's not great years. Imagine doing this for 40 years. I remember when I left in 2005, I needed to get away, and he said to me, I wish I could get away sometimes, but I can't, like, I can't, like, kind of wistfully for, like, three seconds. He was back to being Vince McMahon. Like, of course, it's a hard job to do, end quote. So there's somebody that knows Vince McMahon uh, very well, and uh, he's like, yeah, he did it, but, uh, you know, is it morally wrong? Yeah, but it's not illegal. Okay, um, okay. Uh, still, though, I mean, he shouldn't be re- representing the company. If I was a stockholder, I mean, I'd want him gone. I mean, that's just, uh, it's it's like the Bill Clinton case, right? Some people's like, well, whatever happens behind closed. No, he was still president of the United States. He's supposed to be the morale of the, co- of the country. This guy's supposed to be the morals of the of the wrestling industry of this company. I, I disagree with Jericho there. I did want to read his statement, but I do disagree with uh, with what he said. I do. Let's move on to the next story. WWE Rhea Ripley. Heartbreaking news. She is now wearing a heart monitor. The WWE star Rhea Ripley revealed on social media that she's wearing a heart monitor. The device is usually worn to track potential irregularities irregularities uh, in their heart. Ripley has been out of action since June 6th episode of Monday Night Raw, where she won the, a fatal four-way match to earn a shot at Bianca Belair's Raw's Women's Championship at Money in a Bank pay-per-view. But the match was scrapped because uh, Ripley was not cleared to wrestle. Yeah, I, I think she might have even won the title if she would have uh, had the chance. Uh, Ripley was injured in the Fatal Fayway, Fatal Fourway, after taking a knee shot to the face. She has since revealed that she's been dealing with brain and a jaw injury. The brain injury is believed to be a concussion related, but she has not elaborated any more on this. The jaw injury led, led her to having to get dental work done, of course. 
Uh, we are unaware of any heart issues going on with her before today. We wish Ripley the best and speedy recovery, uh, recovery uh, stated one of the WWE's officials. So, yeah, so, yeah, I hope she recovers soon. Um, you know, uh, I just, it, you know, it's like this Judgment Day thing is cursed. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I, her as an athlete, uh, I'd much rather see her with the title around her than Bianca Blair. Uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, hopefully she recovers soon, real soon. Uh, man, it seems like these both of these wrestling, AEW and uh, WWE, are cursed right now with major injuries. It's just, uh, it's weird. It's weird, right? It's, it's a weird, uh, weird time of the year, I guess. Uh, Discovery. The Discovery Channel wanted AEW to gimmick to gimmick a match to tie uh, with Shark Week. AEW, <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, folks. AEW has booked a barbed wire death match between Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston for the July 20th edition of Dynamite. The Jericho Appreciation Society will be above the ring in a shark cage to prevent them from interfering. What? <laughs> Uh, let's see what Dave has to say. While speaking on today's Wrestling Observer, uh, Dave Meltzer uh, discussed the crossover and noted Discovery, who merged with Warner Brother Media earlier this year to become Warner Brothers Discovery, wanted to do some kind of Shark Week gimmick match. Uh, quote, because you can't have live sharks around the ring or someone being thrown into a pool of sharks, they come up with this shark cage idea. So we're going to have, quote again, uh, so we're going to have a bloodbath on TV. Well, they do that. The shark thing, I guess, is the gimmick having to do with Shark Week. Discovery asked them to do a tie-in, and so they came up with the match to do the tie-in. That's a week from Wednesday, by the way. Unquote. AEW has booked the barbed wire death match um, between Chris and Jericho. It should be very, very interesting uh, to see. I mean, they both put on very, very good shows. So it'd be interesting to see that on the 20th. All right. And then the final, final around the cooler news today. I have the reported health update. On, Daniel, on Brian Danielson. Uh, there is some good news on Brian Danielson, but don't expect them to see him back at the ring anytime soon. AEW President Tony Khan is not rushing to clear Danielson because of his history of concussions. Khan told the New York Post that Danielson was feeling great a few weeks ago on the day of the, of the Road Rager show <laughs> and then was not feeling as well eight days before the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Danielson is apparently doing much better, according to Dave Metzer. Metzer said the following during his appearance on Sunday night's main event. What I can tell you is Brian is fine, but he's not clear to wrestle yet, and Tony Khan is not going to rush him back. And I think I applaud Tony Khan for that. This would be a time where you would think that Tony Khan would rush him back, right, if he was selfish, because, let's face it, Kyle O'Reilly, Fish is out, CM Punk's still out. I mean, the list goes on. And Danielson's out. Uh, Adam, 
uh, Cole is still out. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, um, Santana re- received a cushion during the uh, Blood and Guts match. Uh, he's out. Uh, I mean, the list goes on, right? So you would think, you know, but they have a plethora of superstars. They have a lot of them, a bunch, right? So maybe you just can't tell, you know? They're going to have to whittle this roster down sooner or later. Uh, And I think uh, Ring of Honor is going to play a big part of that. I do. I do, I do, I do. Don't forget that that uh if you haven't had a chance to listen to friday's episode i did give some predictions on the few matches that have already been booked for uh death or death or honor uh which is coming up on july 23rd so be sure to check that out all right guys so that is all the time that i have for today's episode i want to thank you all so much for listening you've been listening to against the mat wrestling podcast i'm your hope the Kentucky guy. I hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you on Friday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.